everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can catch me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw, on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. You can check out our website, which got a fresh coat of paint, <laughs> if you will. I've been working on it, so you'll notice some changes um, at thegourmetgoober.com. And you can drop us a line at um, thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And as always, I am here with my BFF, my co-host, and now like, that, dude. that dude with the cat. <laughs> with the cat? The cat. The cat adopted you. The cat didn't really adopt me. The cat just decided to just plop his little tail right next to me. Like, he's literally like a sat in my sweatshirt. Yes, because you're his human. You've never had that with any of our cats before. And now that Bear's gone, you're his human. You're his replacement bear. <laughs> so basically, I've been reduced to dog status. <laughs> hey, hey. That's Wolf, pretty man. high status with him. Wolf. And okay. I know you guys are probably listening like, what is going on? Um, before Big Daddy introduces himself, we have two cats, as you may or may not know if you follow me on Instagram. And since losing our dog... One of our cats, Jellybean, has decided that my husband is his replacement person. <laughs> yeah, somehow I just came and sat down on the couch and he just decided to, like, roll up next to me and just basically become my hip. No, he's really cute. He's, like, napping on you. That's, like, a place of honor. Can you nap without the claws well, or the snoring? He doesn't snore, does he? Yeah, he snores. Really? Yeah, he's yeah, and in the middle of the night he drops logs. Yeah, <laughs> never heard the cat snore. Yeah, randomly you'll be sitting here like, and next thing you know you'll hear this like <laughs> on top. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, damn, do I snore? No, it's the cat. Casket, okay. yeah, the cat's got some bars. <laughs> okay, why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners? Hi, kids. I <laughs> <laughs> I will be stated as T Outlaw in this podcast. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Instagram at T-O-U-T-L-A-W, T -O -U -T -L -A -W, and on Instagram at T-O-U-T-L-A-W, Chelsea Wells, J-O-S-E-Y-W-A-L-E-S, -E -E I like how I had to learn how to spell today, um, and yeah, you can also find me on Facebook somewhere, but man, eh, why would you? No, I, I wouldn't look for him on Facebook, but if you are so inclined, we do have a Facebook page. It's called the Gourmet Goober Blog, um, <laughs> so you can catch us on that as well. So, welcome to another week. We're really excited. We're glad you're here. And as with every podcast, we always start this week about talking about how our week went. Um, so, Big Daddy, how was your week? Uh, for the most part, my week was extremely uneventful because I was on vacation. This is actually... The last night of my vacation, <laughs> how do you get away? I'm not going to sing like the Go-Go's because I have a really bad voice. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, my vacation was very uneventful. Uh, went here and there, did, ran some errands. Um, at the front end and at the back end, I just rested. So uh, really, I did nothing. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Well, I wish that I could say the same. I was not on vacation. <laughs> Actually, last week was a pretty stressful week. Um, we had 
at the organization I worked with, we had our annual meeting. And unfortunately, the person who was very instrumental in the annual meeting and planning had to leave unexpectedly. Ghost. Um, and so while she was gone, no, she didn't ghost us. There was an emergency. Um, we had to step in. Ghost emergency. <laughs> Stop. No, actually, it went really well. But it was one of those things where it was a lot of running around and it was kind of stressful. And I was trying to finish a grant and all sorts of stuff. But no, we pulled it together. Um, this week is going to be extremely more stressful as well. Um, so I'm just trying to hold it together, but no, other than that, um, a few hiccups, no, my week went really great. Um, barring some, I don't know, some annoyances to happen, like, you know, my everyday things like going to a grocery store or seeing something crazy happen on to and from work as far as the commute or just things like that. Um, Big Daddy, I have to say, did a really great job as far as while he was on vacation, he did some projects around the house, which I'm really grateful for. And of course, he did all the grocery store shopping, which even though I'm usually very fiercely protective of that, because that's kind of like my joy. <laughs> yeah, that's her, that's her gig. She does. The, <laughs> she likes to go to the grocery store and like, you know, lavish herself, looking different kinds of cheeses. I'm like, here's a store. Here's some stuff. I'm lavishing myself. It's just, you know, I've never really unpacked why I love going to the grocery store so much. It's like my happy place. It's just really bizarre. I just really enjoy it. You like going to the store. (laughs) I go to the grocery store to like, I don't know, read magazines or look at shoes or something. And meanwhile, I'm like, ooh, they got new cheat. Oh, okay, maybe you were right. Because <laughs> you like <laughs> You know, speaking of the grocery store, Big Daddy and I were having a conversation offline. Um, we were having an intense kung fu battle that ended up, yes, discussing supermarket etiquette. Yes, because that was one thing that it came up that it was like totally weird because I was relaying to him. Because we went to the grocery store together today to pick up some things. And while we were there, we got into this really great conversation about, even though the grocery store is my happy place, there are things that happen in my happy place that just totally throws me off. And it's really weird. It's like, I, I, I don't know if they're like pet peeves or just things that just really kind of grinds my gears or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, for example, like if you go to the grocery store and you've seen like they have like samples of stuff out that you can try. Like one of my favorite places to go is Whole Foods because they usually have samples like cheeses and things that I wouldn't ordinarily be able to afford to get because Whole Foods is hella expensive. Whole paycheck. Whole paycheck. It's real. <laughs> but on the same time. There are certain people that just ruin the experience for everybody because instead of like using the little tongs that they put out so that you can use the tongs and try the cheese. No, they just reach their whole ass hand that just touched everything in the store and their nasty ass kid and the cart and they don't use the little handy wipes that come with the cart. No Thanos gloves or anything. Yes, no Thanos gloves or anything. 
they like reach in and just grab it. And it's just, I have seen that so many times that like a couple weeks ago, I was telling you where the grocery store near our house, they started doing these really great artisan donuts. And I was like, yes, I'm going to try one because I'm all about the donut, dude. And then I saw this lady come up and she's with her kid and she opens up the little bin with the donut and they have everywhere. Like there's a little plastic thing that you're supposed to reach in and cover your hand with the plastic thing and pull out the donut, the little sheet. Nah, she just let her kid like throw his hand in there. And I'm like, your kid was digging in his butt. (laughs) Donut now. And it like ruined it for everybody. And the lady had the nerve to give me a dirty look like, what? And I'm just like, you just ruined donuts for everyone. You just want to roll up on and be like, your kids stank. <laughs> and I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, I'm just like, ew. <laughs> yeah, maybe you like, you no know, kid shaming does help. <laughs> Parent shaming, do whatever. Like, is your, has your kid been touched? Has he been vaccinated? Yes. Do we know your kid, you know, did he like, put his, like, Take his hands out of his head, you know, before he touched that donut. <laughs> Does your kid have, like, you know, grubby hands? I get it. So, I was just, we were having this conversation about things that rob us of our joy at the grocery store. Because, again, there are certain things that happen all the time that just people, people just don't know how to act. Like, <laughs> so, like, reaching in was, like, my thing that that really bothered me that and like i'm always weirded out by people who literally open up packages of shit and start eating it at the store before they get to the counter like what oh my gosh so like okay all right we've all done this once or twice so say for instance you're at the grocery store right Mm -hmm. and they have grapes and especially if it's like grapes and it's like the first grapes of the season and you want to see if the grapes are, like, fresh or anything or sweet. Okay. I can understand taking one grape off the, in a group of bunch of grapes and trying them. That's one thing. But, like, people who, like, take and eat a whole ass banana as they're walking around. Or, like, people who, like, open their packages of food and they hand it to their kids as they walk around. So you what, give them a box of cookies and be like, hey, yes, I have seen that happen. And it's Mm. more than just like some grocery stores will even have a place like here, have an apple to give to your child. It's healthy, but it's different than that. And like eating half the produce department on your way. And I know, I know some of you are parents or who are parents you're going to say, right? But JJ, you're not a parent and you don't understand the kids are just really loud and they complain and they cry. I get that. I get that. I've seen some parents. I've overheard them. But again, kids have been doing that since the beginning of time. I know when I was a kid going to the grocery store, if I came to my mom and said, I'd like to eat this box of cookies now, surely wouldn't have that. <laughs> yeah. My mother would give me a look like, girl, wait, like you have some home training till you get out the store. Yeah, big mama don't play that. What happened to just looking at your child like you have some home training and get out the store? No, you just have to hit them with that dirty look. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, if I was to open up and just help myself to like something, there would be issues, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, obviously, some people make it so we can't have nice things. Or like the random person that will go in the uh, 
the dairy department just to make sure that the you know they won't cry with spilled milk. Here's an idea. Don't cry with spilled milk by, I don't know, not opening the milk. Wait, there are people open the milk around here? Yeah, they'll check to make sure that, you know, like, how fresh it is to make sure whether Seriously, it's truly 1%. That? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've they've never in my life smelled, seen that. Yeah, they opened up and smelled the, the milk to make sure it's fresh. And I'm like... That's unsanitary. I would generally like to believe that the store who put it out there, at least within that day, would have said, okay... Is good for at least that day. Yeah. Spilt milk. Yeah, it would probably help just buy the milk. Okay. I'm like really horrified right now. And to be fair, I don't drink milk anymore for the most part. I mean, I drink almond milk and stuff. And I was hoping that people don't open up the almond milk. I've never had that. But I mean, I I've, I understand opening up the eggs to know that they're sanitary. But they actually open up the milk and sniff it? Yeah. Okay, I that never knew correct. that people knew that. Yes. People that have checked the milk have gone through and, like, opened up, you know, when you go to the, uh, not the deli, but the, you know, when you get, like, the containers right. of uh, deli meats and whatever, the packaged deli meats. and They don't have, open up the package. They have checked to make sure that what was in the package is there. So, yeah, they have checked the package. Correct. You have seen this. In Walmart. In Not your, to dish Walmart, but yeah, with, people in Walmart have done it. With that. your own eyes. Yes. With my two eyes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Trust me. I have a list and, and it's not just like, you know, Walmart. Other places too. Random supermarkets. Yes. See, y'all are the reason why we can't have nice things. That is just horrifying. And to be fair, again, I understand. I'm obsessed with freshness. Big Daddy has seen me pick produce. There's a method to how I pick things. I'm really into labels, okay? I'm like watching how much salt or sugar or stuff in. I get it. But at some point, y'all, seriously, so the next person will get your milk that's been unsealed. Mm-hmm. Or like the lunch meat that's been opened. Yes. Okay. A random produce that's been touched and squeezed excessively. Ooh. Also, I have this thing about the deli, like, you know, like when they, you go through and they, uh, you know, at the deli, like, you know, you ask for a sample or whatever. Right. I think there should be a limit to the amount of samples you ask for. Okay. I'm not sure about that, because. <laughs> no, father, I think there's a limit. You've got to the grocery store with my father. My father is, like, the king of, like, going to the grocery store and basically eating his way through, like, Costco. He knows when the Costco samples are out with Danny <laughs> and mm. what sample. And Daddy's like, let's go to lunch. <laughs> we go to Costco <laughs> and we buy stuff, but we would eat our way sample through. And like the deli. Oh, well, okay. And I understand. Obviously you don't want to eat like all of the deli meats, but I find that to be kind of a nice little bonus. So what's, what's like the limit? Like, what is too much? Like two samples, three samples, all the samples that I eat. <laughs> How much yeah, is that's too the much? thing. Like, okay, <laughs> if you're going around the market, let's say like a Costco or uh, what was it, Sam's Club or whatever, right. and you go to like different venues and they hand you, they hand you samples as of. Oh yeah, if you can play that game, pl- please. I, 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 
My dad I ain't was a master the, yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I ain't hating the player nor the game. Because the Lord knows my daddy was like the godfather if he could be. He would sit out in front and they would come to him. You know, he would make them offers they couldn't refuse. But yeah, like, you know, if you're going to like one specific deli and like you're asking for, you know, samples of the ham, then the turkey, then the roast beef, then maybe some cheese or something. Pretty much, I, I pretty much after the third thing, I'm pretty much saying, um, your number's up, dude. Pick something to move on. So, yeah, I'm calling three. All right. I'm, I'm thinking you should have a little bit more grace than three. <laughs> I, I, I really do. As someone who normally goes and buys the deli meat for us. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to, like, raise that to five. You're gonna raise that to five samples. I, I think five is. I think five is reasonable. Wow. Cause I, I look. I, I want to make sure it's not too salty or not too overdone. Yes, yes. You I, couldn't do that within three. Maybe four. Now we're negotiating. <laughs> this is like the grand look, prize game on the Price is Right. <laughs> This is one of my joys of grocery shopping. Okay, don't take that. 501, 502. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay. So, maybe four, but... Okay. <laughs> but you know what? We were also talking about the grocery store and the weirdness of people refusing to make space for other people. And we were kind of thinking if that was indicative, if that was something... Of a larger thing, or is it just something that happens in a grocery store? And for for example, mm-hmm. we have gone to the grocery store before. Excuse me, let me get up, let me get on my soapbox here. All right, all right, let me let me get my platform ready. Well, no, no, no. We were talking about this about mm-hmm. how okay, grocery store aisles are congested because we all go to the grocery store, and I try to you know manipulate when I go. Going at certain times a day, I know it's not going to be busy, but sometimes you can't help that. You're just getting off of work and everyone's trying to get grocery shopping done. Like Sunday. Sunday's a really popular day because people are getting their stuff for the week. And undoubtedly, you'll be in an aisle, right? Yes. And you'll be in front of like one section. And then your cart with your purse will be in another section. And then your kid will be down in another section. And again, I totally get that. But making space for other people to the point where how you navigate those spaces is sometimes confusing, especially, and I don't know if you're comfortable with talking about this, about what we had said about sometimes um, because of your size, you know. Because of my size, yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm not a big man, but I'm not a small person either. No. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pushing three bills, but at the same time, yeah, I'm a fairly sizable person, and yeah, I'm a fairly strong, like to believe, African-American male. But yes, I, and that's, no, you know, this isn't a shot towards, you know, one group or another, but the concept of, I'm one person just trying to get through an aisle as quickly as I can, I try to be courteous, but that being said, some people haven't quite gotten the etiquette of aisles down very well. At least they manipulate to their own. Like you know, they devices. take up the entire space of the aisle. Yes. To the point where, I mean, some of it's a comfort level issue. Like you've told me before how sometimes if you go down an aisle and someone is like stepped away from their cart and their purse, 
rather to avoid any appearance of in- impropriety. Impropriety. Yeah. You will actually go around the other way. Yeah, I will leave that aisle, or I will try not to advance forward to where they think I'm going towards their cart or maybe their purses or whatever. Which is hella inconvenient if you think about it. I mean, it's good on you to be that convenient, but you know, sometimes you just need to go in and out. And I know I have done that too. And I feel the same way with little children. Like, you know, if you're sitting there and your kids like little kid, little girl, whatever is out, like, you know, out and whatever. And they're like running back and forth through the aisle. Like I will try not to like run into your child or try like, you know, to intersect with your child very much unless the child is intersecting with something that I am specifically looking for at that, you know, in that aisle. But yeah, I'll leave the aisle if, like, you know, it becomes a problem for me to advance, which is not righteous for me, or is very inconvenient, as you said. But yeah, it drives me nuts when you're not, I know it's not easy to control the child, but at the same time, can you at least rein them within, I don't know, a couple of feet of the buggy? Yeah, so it's not like you, I mean, literally, it becomes the whole aisle is yours. Yes. And I know that I have actually just avoided it out and come back. And you know what? I'm trying to go home, too, because I've had a long commute. By the time I get to the grocery store for my job, especially if I drove, I would have been on the road for an hour and a half coming home one way Mm -hmm. and then stopping at the grocery store. And then I have to wait another 10 minutes because you decide to, like, take your time and take up the entire aisle. Um, with your F-150 size cart. Yes. And I'm just like, really? Can we do this? And I know the the natural thought is, well, why don't you shop for home? But not everyone delivers to us. Yes. Not everyone, you know, <laughs> to the nice people of Peapod, why don't y'all investigate all the areas? Like, come on. I'm shaking my fist. No one can see that but Big Daddy. But I'm just like, damn it, Peapod. And every time I go online, they're just like, Oh, we don't deliver to you yet. But, but today I was driving. We were going to the grocery store. And what did we, we see? Go. Yeah, she we saw the Peapod truck. And it was not, what, five minutes away from our house? It was a little more than five minutes. We'll say like 10, 12. Okay, she's got to take a breather now. Okay, we're going to, we're going to woosa. <laughs> woosa out. Let it go. Now, back to me. <laughs> no, my thing is also, uh, this was a bigger issue, I know, like, in society, um, with sidewalks, but I'm, I'm going to bring this back to the store. Um, the store aisle, or general, like, store uh, lanes, as you will, are not uh, lanes for entourage or the hangover. The Vegas walk with you and your family or your friends or whatever ain't going to get it. It drives me nuts. Walking four wide in an aisle or three or whatever, if the aisle is only ten feet wide, I I, I can't get I, no I can't get down and trust me. On many of occasions, I become the rude person who will break up your little you know your little uh, Vegas walk. I'm trying to find a nicer word to say it, but that being said, no. If I'm trying to get through an aisle, y'all are too busy like standing in the aisle talking or gossiping, you know. There's a whole nother section for you. It's the front door. Find it. <laughs> but yeah, the Vegas walk and whatever. No, I, I can't get down like that. And trust me, because I don't feel like hurting myself using my elbows 
to push through. And trust me, I will knock over little Kias to do it. Well, okay. Well, I'm not sure if I'm advocating knocking over little kids because I don't necessarily have Bill money saved. <laughs> that that said. Um, hey, if Dennis the Menace has to go down, Dennis the Menace has to go down. I think you're still on your feelings about Dennis the Menace when we tried to pick up some donuts. <laughs> Oh, you mean at the orchard, yeah. <laughs> yes, because you were totally willing to take the kids out. And to be honest, there are certain situations I think that's completely fair. Get in front of you um, at the donut place. If some kid decides to, like, jump in front of you at designer donuts when you're hooking yourself up on cupcakes, yeah, that's totally acceptable. But <laughs> you got to pick and choose your moment. <laughs> you know, kids, like, you know, random kids, like, running through the aisles, like, you know, in front of me or my cart and whatever. If for some reason he gets like, you know, slingshotted, well, I'm sorry, kid. You really should have watched where you were going. <laughs> I know I'm just sound like such a horrible person now. I'm not really sure if this is what we wanted to actually turn this into. <laughs> but yeah, there's typical <laughs> etiquette things in a supermarket <laughs> that you might want to pay attention to, like the concept of I don't know if you're if I know if you're the only person in the aisle. That's one thing, but if there's people coming through the aisle, I, I use the you know the rules of the road. Like, okay, you pass on the right, or you basically just I don't care if you're on the left, just go in one direction and let me know that you're going that one direction, so that I can go the opposite and least, we can intersect peacefully. At least apologize if you bump into somebody. <laughs> like, I get if you're running and you're late or something, but. And again, we didn't mean to turn this into Miss Matters. This literally was the topic of our conversation earlier today. No, I will put on a suit and tie and I will be <laughs> Miss Matters if I need to be because I've spent so much time in life going through supermarket aisles and having to acquiesce to people. At a certain point, sometimes I ain't got time for this. So Homie, don't I, play that. So can I ask a question? Sure. Or When you do that, is it partially because you said you don't want to give the impression of impropriety. Um, what do you think is behind that? Well, there are people who, when I go through there, they will look at me one way. But and I'm I I want to make like life simple for everybody. If you know you're in there with like you know your family or whatever, I don't want to inconvenience you or your family. That being said. I also think that, you know, we all have places to be and things that we enjoy and, you know, things, we're ultimately in a store looking for something. But the thing is, like, we ultimately just want to get it and keep going. And people who disrupt that pattern are problematic people. And sometimes, yeah, if I'm the problem, if I need to be the nice one, then so be it. But I can't be the nice guy every time. I don't get down like that. And it's just... After a certain time of being, like, you know, the person who, you know, slinks away from a situation or trying to get, you know, from one place to another and having to go completely around to the next aisle and then come back just because you couldn't get to the other end of the aisle because someone or some people were in the way doing whatever they wanted to do or just were, you know, having their Adam's, Adam's family reunion um, no, at a certain point, you know, I need to take control of my space. 
And that's hopefully what we were talking about. Okay. Well, I can totally see that. And to be fair, like I said, I'm, if nothing else, I know getting this off our chest would probably be a good thing. If I can stop one person, though, for digging into the the donuts without using the plastic thing beside it, we can all enjoy the donuts and not be grossed out by it because that was horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no little kid, like, you know, picking his nose and then going after donuts. That's, donuts weren't made that way. Yes, so please don't do that. It just in general, just don't touch things without permission or lease protection. And yes, I may be saying that because someone decided to reach out and touch my hair in the middle of Starbucks yet again. Oh, goodness. Week. One day we're going to have a conversation about the <laughs> hair touching issue with women, especially yeah. women like you. You know what? I Yeah, we'll talk about that for another time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, same concept where it's just like, I'm just minding my own business sitting in line. Yes, my hair is big and puffy that day because you know why it's rainy and I have naturally curly hair and it's Afro hair and it gets huge and puffy. But, you know, just like I've seen you do horrible things before you reach into that bin with your hands for the donut. I really don't want your hands all in my hair. Yes, your hands are full of natural herbs and berries. <laughs> no, what what did they say in Coming to America? Just nothing juice, but juice and, juice and berries. berries. Yeah, <laughs> that is what is in your hair. It's like that juice is some Afro sheen or There's whatever. No Afro sheen in my hair. <laughs> okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, there's a whole you know like bathroom full of products. <laughs> okay, you're not lying with that. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot, okay? <laughs> so so now that we've gotten that off our chest, <laughs> so please, people, if you're listening, please be kind, share the aisle, use the tongues with the cheese, <laughs> and let's make sure that grocery shopping is a happy space for everybody. Don't make me use the tongs <laughs> to chop you here. <laughs> Let me also, like, you know, let's not make the carts, like, you know, um, what was it? Bumper car derby? No, yeah. we can't get down like that. We can, we can, we can all be kind as we shop. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, we will be talking about, um, what's eating us this week. And I guess we've already dove into part of that with this segment, but mm-hmm. we'll go in more in detail. And this is the gourmet goober. We'll be right back. Do you know who struggles with creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill, the unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas, and of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling, being a jack of all trades but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Hey 
everyone, we are back. This is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we are back with the Gourmet Goober. With the Bodega Cat. <laughs> yes, in case you are keeping score, Jelly Bean is still sleeping on Big Daddy. And he's it's hilarious because every few minutes he shifts into a new position. And you can't really be mad at him because he's adorable, but you're just not used to that because usually the cats gravitate towards me. Yes. Like we have another cat, um, Bitbit, and you never see Bitbit. You never see Bitbit. No, so we I can, uh, yeah, I can go the whole day and I see Bit. Uh, he will not be around. He'll be underneath something somewhere hiding. Literally, when the gourmet goober comes home, it's just he, like, oh my god, she's here! Snuggle with me now. Exactly. What's uh, <laughs> what's Bit's real name? <laughs> Bit's real name is Zini. That's right, like the Zuni Warrior. In which movie was that? Oh no, it was um, it was the trilogy of terror. It's the Zuni um, war. It's the Zuni fetish doll. And what that is, if you guys have never seen it, um, the trilogy of terror was this really great TV movie that was out in the seventies, and it was three vignettes. Um, it was like a mini anthology, each starring Cameron Black, and it was like a horror anthology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Zuni fetish doll was the third anthology. So basically she was this student, if I remember correctly, and she got this doll as a gift and it had a warning label that said, do not pull the tag. And the tag fell off and the doll became real. And this little doll chased her for 30 damn minutes through her apartment and the doll couldn't have been any bigger than, seriously, like a Barbie doll. It was really small. But this little guy had a spear. <laughs> he would run through the house screaming. And it was, when I was a child, it was like 30 minutes of the scariest damn thing I've seen on television ever. <laughs> and little Zuni was like that when we first found him. He would just be like, you'd be in the bathroom, and all of a sudden you just see this like little Paul reach out. Ay, ay, ay just trying to like get at your feet mm-hmm. so we named him Zuni. <laughs> yeah and that's the thing now like even like you know as he's gotten older you won't see him for a while like he i could go this entire day not see him then all of a sudden i open the door and it's just like she's home <laughs> just all of a sudden i'm like okay listen and trust me he will I, I, I'm just sad to call the cats bitchy and scratchy because <laughs> bitchy will inevitably like show up randomly somewhere and he will be on you. He will like meow up on you, will follow you, will be like, hey, I don't think we you know that we have had enough communication. I need to talk and tell everybody's business. Oh, yeah. I, I'm convinced he's like waits until I come home so he can rat you out. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, this is not about our cats. No, it's not. But the thing you said about Zuni and the origin of his name does lead up to what we were going to talk about because we are we were just chatting about the stuff that we do every year around this time. And it's October, so everything is all about Halloween. Um, I thought you were talking about the leaves falling late. Yeah, that is weird, by the way. The leaves have not changed colors. It's kind of weird. It's like almost November, and it's still green outside. But mm. but no, I'm, 
I'm so excited because it's like Halloween. Um, I'm not going to be able to give out candy this year, which is sort of a bummer. So all the kids don't egg our house. <laughs> Why? Because we told the secret about where the candy eats really the bad candy. <laughs> oh, a pinata candy. Yes. <laughs> but we we were talking in this segment, usually about stuff of what's eating us. And, of mm-hmm. course, Halloween being just around the corner. Um this is going to be a weird Halloween this year because usually I try to be home in time so I can give out candy to the kids. And usually I'm with Bear Boo. Bear Boo is not going to be with me this year, obviously, for the first time in a long time. No doggy pumpkin. No doggy little pumpkin. He dressed like a pumpkin. He hated his pumpkin outfit. He could not stand it. But he totally dug the little kids. So as soon as the kids came to the door and knocked, he was excited because he knew what was up. And he would come and greet the kids. They all thought he was a wolf. And we did our thing. So I think you're working on Halloween this year, though, right? I am. Ah, Such a bummer. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing. Because usually I play like a horror movie or something. I think I have my horror movies picked out, though. I'm going to watch maybe the new Suspiria. Which I'm sort of worried about watching because I really love the original Suspiria. And then I try to watch like... um, a black theme horror movie. So in the past I've watched like bones and like tales for the hood. I think this year I'm going to finally, um, us, cause we just found out we have Apple TV on our Roku okay, and they have us. So I've already put us on waiting so I can check that out too. So I'm about to say, what was the, uh, uh the person, the Jordan Peele, uh, what was it? Get out. Yes. Have you ever seen that? Yes. I finally saw get out when I was in the hospital. Okay. So you, you know about the you now know about the like the little teacup yeah. in the spring. Okay. I've been running that joke for a whole year. <laughs> about randomly like when I'm in restaurants or like in stores, like I when people like, you know, you know, stir the, the cup, I have to get up out. <laughs> and, and I could be in the middle of a mall and someone's like randomly stirring a teacup. And all of a sudden like my ears perk up, like the hairs on the back of my head. Okay, maybe off the back of my head, the back of my <laughs> neck, like stir up, and I'm like, "Whoop, time to leave. I can't be here." But yeah, Halloween is all. It's just one of those days where you're like, "Okay, I try to treat like a normal day." Except last year, didn't I dress up as like Nick Fury? I think you did. Yeah, you did. You had like a little eye patch and everything. Yeah, that was enough to scare enough people in the subway. I'm sorry, the L. <laughs> yeah, I like scaring people randomly, like by walking around, like in all black, wearing black leather and an eye patch. Actually, you know what? I think I posted the picture on the Gourmet Goober on Instagram. So if you guys check it out, he did make a really good Nick Fury, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not as sexy as Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I don't think many people can claim that. <laughs> mm. So. This year, I have decided to not get the bad candy that I have talked about before. I think I shamed myself out of it. Yay! Good candy this year. <laughs> but I was looking because, honestly, I think more people are probably tipping off to my experience because part of the reason why is that there is a lot less bad candy <laughs> this year. And I have looked because I have my, my list of like crappy candy that usually we get at Halloween. And I wanted to balance it because, you know, you, you could be like that family that gives out race. Um, did you say racist candy or raisins? 
candy. What is it? <laughs> raisins. I said raisins candy. Oh, raisins. What okay. is raisins candy? I don't know. <laughs> Hong Kong fooey bad candy. I'm you I'm not what? trying to go there. There's probably something out there. You know there is. No, no, like we have like black mamba candy, like candy and blackface. I don't know. <laughs> no, I said raisins. Okay, raisins. That's just as bad. Yes, raisins. There was always a family growing up that got or gave out raisins. And actually, I was thinking because I know that we historically are the family who gave out bad candy, but there's a reason for that. Obviously, we did that because we didn't want to eat it. Are we talking about <laughs> you and I, or are we talking about your parents, your family? We're talking about you and I, because okay. your family just turned off the light at Halloween no, no. and pretended. No, no. My mother would. My mother was a, as, was a, a saint. She would give out candy. You know, God rest his soul, but like, you know, when daddy worked 311, or min- sorry, if he worked midnights, he would be the one, like, you know, all right. He would turn off the lights and turn off the doorbell. And, like, nobody would be coming, at, like, you no, know, to the door. Even if they came knocking on the door, nothing. <laughs> no, we never did that. Now, granted, we didn't do a lot of trick-or-treating. Mom was just like, look, why don't I just buy you what you want, and then you can dress up and hand out the candy. Wait a minute. So did y'all, did y'all ever go trick-or-treating at all? We did. But, okay. honestly, it wasn't something... You know, it it just, I mean, it was something that we really wanted to do. And we did it when we were younger. And then when we were older, it was just more fun to just dress up and hang out and watch horror movies and be at home and hand out candy. Because that way my parents, especially my mother, can make sure that we're safe. And because my mother often had to work nights. And so it was one of those things that... um, no. In order to get everything together. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it was one of those things that we, it was, it was pretty much one of those things that, you know, it was just more fun to eat what we wanted to eat, you know, and like that way you wouldn't get like the really terrible candy. Cause let's face it, there are candy that you didn't want to get. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I could not stand Gosh, what was it? It was, was it Baby Ruth? I love Baby Ruth. I couldn't figure out what Baby Ruth was. Like, what the hell is nougat? I don't care what <laughs> nougat was. It tastes good. I still eat Baby Ruth now. <laughs> so, obviously. I wasn't a fan of, like, hard-ass Butterfingers, but, you know, like, when, they, when they're fresh, yeah, they're great, but. No. When did you ever get a fresh Butterfinger, though? Do I mean, I- unless you're at the factory, when would you ever get one? I don't know. I generally believe that, like, you know, when they're, like, fresh out of the store, you're cool, but sometimes you would get, like, you know, like a hard, like, Butterfinger. Right. Or a stale Butterfinger, and it was nasty. Right. So, no. Like, I hate those, and I hate black licorice. I think everyone hates black licorice. So, what is, like, the worst thing you could have got at Halloween? Because I remember the first... Well, okay. I remember the worst Halloween candy I got. It was... It was actually not the raisins. They had, like, you know, like, those candies that every black grandmother seems to have, the ones that are, like, the mysterious ones that no one knows where they come from. You've never seen them in the stores. 
they 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 have the wrappers that look like strawberries. Oh yeah. And okay. they lose their flavor as soon as you start like sucking them for like a minute. Yeah, I think those are the ones we were handing out last year. We didn't hand those out. Well, they had weird scripture. No, they had like weird things on them, and you they would lose flavor after a minute. No, 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 no. These are worse because they're the hard candy. Okay. Like the wrapper looked like a strawberry. Okay. Every yeah. gra- every black grandmother in church has <laughs> had that in their purse. They're a step away from the Werther's originals. Ah, uh, I like the Werther's. They taste like mm. strawberries, but not quite. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, my grandmother, you know, my great aunts would be handing out like, you know, butterscotch. Oh, but they wouldn't be bad. like completely butterscotch. I'm still having flashbacks because I actually choked on one of those. I gave myself a self Heimlich maneuver from one of those candies. Dang, that's bad. Yeah. That was the first <laughs> time I learned how to do the Heimlich because. I'd do it on myself because I choked on a butterscotch, or it was a uh, it was like a what was it a peppermint? Peppermints were when they're fresh are good. When they've been there a while, mm-mm. <laughs> no, no. But the worst outside of that, I would have to say, who's the name? It was the bubble gum with the. It was the bubble gum with the comic strip in them. Bazooka Joe? Oh my god, Bazooka Joes are the worst. Oh, and my parents insisted on buying those every year. Man, I'm going to have to go talk to your parents because I love those bad boys. I used Bazooka to play... Joe was like chewing a rock. Yeah, I used to, <laughs> I used to take like three of them bad boys and put them in my mouth and chew them. They were so hard. How could you even eat those? Man, I was, I was man up. I couldn't even remember like reading all the comics. I would literally like sit there, like rip them out and like just... I go to town on those bubble gums, yeah. I was convinced when I was a kid that they there were no new Brazooka Joes made, and they just kept recycling the old ones. They were literally the the limelight chicken of gums. <laughs> the limelight chicken of gum. <laughs> you know the limelight chicken we talked about last yes. time that no one. <laughs> I remember ketchup uh, and all. They're, but yeah, they're they're really terrible. Yeah, didn't you also have a thing against? Was it charms? Yes, I had a thing against Charms Blow Pops, because here's the thing. Okay, gum is great. Lollipops are great. Gum filled, I mean, lollipops filled with gum are horrible. And here's why. First of all, you have to lick all the lollipop to get to the gum. Mm. And if you don't do that, then undoubtedly you'll try to chew gum and you'll try to blow the bubble. And then there's like bits of like lollipop in it. Where it's like hard to blow the bubble, it doesn't disintegrate properly, and then for some reason, the bubblegum flavor mixes in with the like green apple flavor, and it gets like this really weird aftertaste. Mm-hmm. No, I charms pops are the devil. <laughs> you have one or the other, you can't have them both. <laughs> no, nah, so I am not a fan. So wait, but how did you feel about like you know the little commercials with the little Tootsie Pop out? I was not a fan of the Tootsie Pops either, but mm. to be honest, I hate Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> what? I hate Tootsie Rolls. You hate Tootsie Rolls? You know I hate Tootsie Rolls. How do you? Mm, okay, we can't be married no more. <laughs> no, because you know Big Daddy loves Tootsie Rolls. Okay. Not that way, but you know. <laughs> 
you know, me and Morris Day, we, we together on this. Here's why I hate Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls, when you look at it, promise chocolate, okay? They look like chocolate. It almost smells like chocolate, but it's not chocolate. It's like, what is that flavor? It's like carrot, but not quite. It's like oddly chewy. Nah, I hate Tootsie Rolls. Man, Tootsie Rolls suck. <laughs> man, I don't even care what Tootsie Rolls were made of, but they were like, man, I used to run through them, them bad boys. I'd be like sitting up in church somewhere, just be going to town. Them. That was the thing that kept me awake in church and kept me like, you know, going to school. <laughs> is Tootsie Rolls. Like, you know, I used to like buy, like, you know, like when they would buy the whole canisters, like, you know, for, um, what do you call it, uh, school things? Yes. The school functions or whatever. Yes. Like, my mom would buy one of those, like, uh, little canisters, and I would take them, and I could go through a whole canister in, like, a couple weeks. No. I am not a fan of Tootsie Rolls. I don't know why. It's just, when I was a kid, you would get really excited, right? Because mm-hmm. you would think it's chocolate. But it's not chocolate. It's, like, this odd wannabe chewy chocolate. And it doesn't taste right. And it, there's just disappointment at the end of the Tootsie Roll. Don't you want to see my Tootsie Roll? Baby, I know you would. No, <laughs> no baby, like, yeah, me and Tootsie Rolls, we, we've been doing, like, it's, you know, it's like me and Mariah, we go back like babies and pacifiers. Oh, yeah, me and Tootsie Rolls, we have a long relationship. Tootsie Rolls are the devil, too. Yeah, but also, <laughs> I would also like to say, you know, yeah, there are a lot of things that, a lot of different candies, like the baked beans and whatever, I was never fond of, I don't know oh, why. Oh, yeah. You know what? My dad was obsessed with those Boston baked beans. The ones that are, like, coated in, like, candy? Yep. Yeah, those were weird. I hate those. <laughs> Couldn't do baked beans. I think there was, like, a thing called, like, uh, not the Mellow Yellow, uh, Zagats. Wasn't feeling them. Dewy chocolate-looking things. I wasn't feeling them. But also, like, say, the worst things I got for, um, for Halloween in, in my bag were, uh, Scripture. Actually, like, copies of the Watchtower for places, you know, because I have no problem against people who have an aversion to calling Halloween for what they are because of the golems and, you know, the evil constant, uh, beliefs, as you will, right. of Halloween. I understand that, but, you know, these are little kids trying to get their hustle on, trying to get their good candy. <laughs> they trying to make them some good candy hookups, and y'all gonna mess that up by dropping scripture on it. Scripture is, you know, if you do it on Sunday, that's great. You can teach them all the weeks, or I'm sorry, all the days leading up to it, and then on All Saints Day as they eat the candy. But on Halloween, the little children want their little little candy treats. <laughs> I don't care if you do give them raisins. You gonna give them scripture? I'm still having a flashback <laughs> on that. I'm not happy about this. You know what? I'm conflicted about that because as someone who grew up in a very... Like, where I grew up, it's very conservative. There's a ton of churches who actually believe that Halloween is not something that Christian children should celebrate. <laughs> so I, too, have gotten the scriptures and the the various tracks, not just a watchtower. Um, there's a couple places that I attended when I was a kid. They offered alternative to that. Um, I don't know. I mean... I personally don't believe Halloween is evil. I, I think it's just good fun. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's one thing to just hand that out. It's another thing, I think, that you're indoctrinating. Like, I've actually been places where they're like, oh, well, if you go there, you're just really horrible. And I'm just like, oh, well, I just wanted to go to a haunted house or watch a slasher movie. Doesn't mean I'm going to go out and be Jason. <laughs> but, right. But yeah, I, I guess I can see, I can certainly see your po- point that it's kind of a killjoy. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's nothing against like, okay, if you truly believe that Halloween is this all that you can change the name. I don't really care if you want to call it something else or if you like, you know, if you want to take them to a service and then give them candy, like, you know, in bags at the service. I don't care if you give them proof. Well, okay, you know, they ain't my kids. Just don't so, give them okay. tissue rolls because they're evil. Oh, no. Those blow pops because they're evil. <laughs> Still on that, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just eat the charms and call it evil. <laughs> you know what else is evil besides that? What's that? And we were talking about this all weekend long, and it's been something that has been really bothering me. We need to have a conversation about the Food Network. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We need to have, what was it? Uh, We need to have a, a, An intervention. Know, a, a the sick and shut-in check. Yes, yeah. we need to put them on the sick and shut-in list because... <clears throat> I have been a long time fan of the Food Network. And again, as long as I can remember cooking. Hold on, wait a minute. Put my Dr. Field glasses on. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. Cooking has been one of the things that I really enjoy. And at the Food Network's um, start, that was one of the reasons why you watch. I mean, they had, you know, yes, they built their shows around personalities. Like Emeril Lagasse had a show and. I, I think I used to tell you, like, when I was in grad school years ago and I'd be in Mississippi and my best friend was in Indianapolis at the time, we would actually call each other long distance and we would watch the Emerald Legacy show on the Food Network because we got our life every time he said bam. Okay. <laughs> or they had, like, this really great informational show that they used to have called How to Boil Water. Okay. Where it would show you, like, really basic techniques. So the idea is... No, not everyone's going to be Chef Prudhomme, but you know what? You can actually make a really great thing of scrambled eggs and not burn down your house. So over the years, I understand that they probably have faced a lot of competition, right? Because now there's people who host cooking shows on like YouTube and there's alternatives like Tastemade. Um, Tastemade is one that I've been watching a lot because the struggle mills, I'm like a totally... She's a fan of, yes. And by the way, if you guys, just as a side note, if you guys have not seen it, check out Struggle Mills on Tastemade. It's hosted by this guy named Frankie. And the whole idea is how to make really great, nutritious, healthy food and not spend an arm and leg and a foot and a toe. So it's kind of like my philosophy when I started the Gourmet Goober blog years ago. But it's the same concept where, you know, for the most part, he's his cooking is really on point, except for the meatballs. But what happened with the meatballs? You know what happened with them. He put raisin in his meatballs because his grandmother did. Not sure if I'm down with that, Frankie. Just Okay, once again, can we ask people, why do you put raisins in everything? Look, raisins do not belong in a lot of stuff, okay? And I guess raisins and meatball is a a very common thing. Um, I I didn't realize it was a thing. I, I just, I can't. 
<laughs> but that said, most of the stuff that Frankie has made is pretty yeah, un- I'm still on this. I'm still on this meatball thing. You're really stuck on the raisins. I'm right? still stuck on the raisins <laughs> concept. Maybe it's because I'm like I'm I'm a raisin hater, but like is like their thing about putting raisins in things is kind of like my thing about putting bacon in everything. Bacon's different. Bacon is delicious. Yeah, bacon is made by, you know, made for us to enjoy, and raisins are made by the devil. We get it. Okay, raisins is not made by the devil. I mean, raisins can be good. Like, raisins and oatmeal, yeah, it's fine. Nope. Raisins and oatmeal raisin cookies, nah. Nah. They're awful. And we'll talk about that at another time. Mainly because they trick you to think it's they're chocolate chips, and you shouldn't do that. Okay. But... Going back to the Food Network, it's a lot of their shows now are just like really, really horrible. And yes, they still have some cooking shows that are worth watching. Like Ina Garden, if you ever watch her show, is amazing. The Barefoot Contessa? Yeah, the Barefoot Contessa show. And I admit, when she first came out, I was not a fan. And now I really love her stuff because she has like a lot of shows that are on basics and it takes you how the things. Are and you know I've learned a lot of great techniques from her. But like for every show like that, there's a show like The Kitchen. The Kitchen. The Kitchen, which is something that has become the bane of Big Daddy's and I existence. And I I think part of it's the become problem- a comedy to me, but <laughs> it's become the bane of you know Miss uh, Goober's existence. You know what? I think I've I have this unhealthy thing where I hate watching now. Oh, kind of like the Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> yes, it's sort of like the Real Housewives of Dallas because one, they don't really cook. They just, you know, what they remind me of. They remind me a lot of Sandra Lee when she used to have her semi-homemade cooking. It's like the bad habit of friends of. It's like the friends of cooking, where they just kind of. I mean, if they take a recipe that they could have just made really great. And then they just go a couple steps too far. And don't don't get me wrong. I appreciate extra. I am extra. Extra is kind of how I live my life, okay? That said, like this weekend, it was they had this show on fall cooking, right? And they made these nachos. And I thought, oh, great, nachos. So then they started off with chips, right? Mm-hmm. And then they started off with this great chicken sausage. I'm like, okay, I'm down with that. And then they decided to add the cheese. But it wasn't just cheese. It was a butternut squash cheese. Butternut squash So they cheese? took cheese and they made a cheese squash. And then they put butternut squash in it. And I'm like, okay, um, a little different. But you know what? I'm down. I'm down. I'm party. And then... They decided to put Brussels sprouts on it, which well, wait, I'm what? obsessed with Brussels sprouts. Don't get me wrong. I had Brussels sprouts for breakfast. I love me some Brussels sprouts. And to be fair, they got that idea from Bobby Flay, who purposely uses Brussels sprouts instead of lettuce on his nachos. Okay, that's Bobby Flay's problem. But okay, so <laughs> okay, let, let me start off again. Okay. What exactly were we originally trying to make here? Nachos. Okay, so nachos and so far I've heard, and somewhere in there, I I think I like it went left in me with like squash, right, and then Brussels sprouts. Yes, but we're not done. Oh, we're wait. not done. Okay, there's more. There's more. So the next layer they put on was that they're like, 
we need to make like a salsa. Okay. Oh, that's good. Salsa. Okay. So they made an apple-based pico de gallo sauce. Like apple in flavor? Yes. <sighs> like an actual apple. It was like Granny Smith apple and another type. Couldn't you just make salsa? Like green or red or just like tomato-based or chilies-based salsa? No, and that's the thing. They usually just go like one step too far when it comes to their stuff. They want to be ironic, right? Like hipster? No, no. They just... They just did. They just did. Just be like, ta-da, there it is. Yes. Huh. And so they're building this. And you're watching a host, and I'm just like, first of all... <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me ask a question. You should know better. <laughs> yeah. My, my thing is, okay, did you see them eat this after they made it? And if they did eat it, was there a bucket next to them after they ate it? Because <laughs> I'm sure it took a couple takes. and I'm sure after eating the apple, pico de gallo, along with butternut squash cheese and Brussels sprouts. Pretty much, I'm just saying people who usually make, I don't know, traditional nachos would probably look at this and be like, no, no. Don't don't bring that in here. Don't bring that to the cookout. That's like bringing that funky ass potato salad. Don't bring that. No, that's like that's like Big Mama's like you know wagging her finger. But leave that outside. The dogs will eat it. Even the dogs would be like, hold on, no, no. But yeah, I I, I agree. That would be kind of problematic. And they have tons of recipes like that all the time. Where you know a lot of times it's not them cooking. So what they do is they just open up, like, a package of something and put it in. Like a can of cray. Yeah, like, they don't really make things from scratch, which is fine. There are a lot of people who choose not to cook that way. And I understand we live in a world that everything is just instant. Like, I love my Instant Pot. I'm not going to get rid of it. Lazy cooking. Look, my Instant Pot is not lazy cooking. You can make real stuff in no, it. No, no, I, I get you. I'm not trying to dog the Instant Pot because Lord knows I'm still a rookie at the Instant Pot. But the whole thing that I'm just upset about is just that, I don't know, a lot of the stuff they make is just, I don't know, it's kind of problematic for me. Because <laughs> okay. some of it, it's just... You watch it and you go, there is no way that you eat this. And sometimes I see Jeff Sikarian. He's one of the the people that co-hosts the okay. kitchen. And um, he's also an Iron Chef. So I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be the creme de la creme. Would you really serve your family this? Do you think his family just kind of looks at him on TV and be like, no, we're going to go to Burger King with this. <laughs> <laughs> I really think so. And... It, it just reminds me a lot. I mean, going back to Sandra Lee, if you don't know who she is, Sandra Lee look, is... Look for the little drunk girl in the corner. <laughs> now, to be fair, Sandra Lee has an amazing story. She grew up where she had to take care of her family mm -hmm. um, because um, I think her parents had an addiction. Okay. Um, and so a lot of times they went hungry. And so she's made this incredible empire that's built around decorating and serving cocktails. That's good. But she really shouldn't be cooking. 
<laughs> and it just feels like a lot of what they have on the Food Network, even though they're supposedly the legitimate cooks. You know, the criticism against Sandra Mean, she had like a semi-homemade thing mm-hmm. where she just... Um, she took the can or whatever. She just basically together. just opened a bunch of packages and put them together, and that was your dinner. Okay. And it's fine, you know, if that's what you have time for. I mean, not everyone is obsessive with me with being able to put together ingredients and cook and everything. But you're you're a person who likes to do things sometimes from scratch, right? And I understand that not everyone has the time or the patience, but. You, you don't know, know you all can, the preservatives. There's got to be a balance between Sandra Lee's Kwanzaa cake and oh, this no, not the Kwanzaa nachos cake. that they serve oh, and no. some of the crazy recipes. Like, if you ever get time, Google, it was like a thing. Google a Kwanzaa cake first. <laughs> yeah. I need that comedy. The Kwanzaa cake was horrifying. If you don't know what the Kwanzaa cake is, um, several years ago, she, she made this cake, right? For Kwanzaa. No, she was told to make a cake. Yeah. Because you told me she didn't even write that. No, no, she didn't write the recipes. You know, a lot of professional chefs, they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't make their own recipes. So is this kind of like, you know, Nicki Minaj or, uh, I'm sorry, like Cardi B not writing her own music? Well, if Cardi B doesn't write her music, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't write your own recipes, there's a difference between Cardi B and making a cake that has corn nuts in it. Yeah. Yeah, her cake actually has corn nuts in it. Good. I mean, seriously, Google this. This is like so bad. It's it's like its own meme now. And she made this cake. First of all, I don't think any black person maybe talked to Miss Lee because they would Mm. tell her that we don't eat that. No. But this was an angel food cake, not even baked. It's one that she bought. She frosted it with vanilla frosting. She added cocoa powder. Um. She filled it with apple pie filling, and then she decorated it with popcorn, corn nuts, and pumpkin seeds. Every so often, I threaten Big Daddy that I'm going to make this cake for him. Nah, Big, shut right up. And Big Daddy's like, I will divorce you. <laughs> oh, and she put, like, giant Kwanzaa candles in it, remember? Giant Kwanzaa candles. Yes. For all the nice days of Kwanzaa. Didn't even know what the days of the Kwanzaa were. But this monstrosity is just horrible. Okay. Now, what were you actually asking for them to Google? <laughs> what I was saying was, um, last year, the kitchen, be- Black Twitter basically made fun of the kitchen because they decided to make macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and I put cheese. that in parentheses here. I'm air quotes. Air, air quotes. Because their mac and cheese was just ridiculous. And again, they took something that was just a classic meal that no one can F up, and they went extra with their ingredients. So there has to be kind of like a A happy happy medium between what they have available. Because, you know, between that and, like, Guy Fieri's, like, um, grocery games, and it just seems like... You know what? It seems like Food Network knows that they've lost their place as far as teaching people how to cook now. And they have the secondary show, the Food um, Network, called The Cooking Channel that isn't available anywhere. But um, I think now they're almost competing with, like, E! as opposed to, like, the reality shows and their games and things like that. 
where they have contests, but you really don't learn how to make anything anymore. Okay. Let me take a stab at this and I'll keep it short. That being said, like me, I'm going to play because I am an amateur, very much a cooking. And the thing was when we first got married almost 15 years ago, the concept was in our house that, you know, most of the time, you know, the goober would, would cook or we would, you know, we would find some, something to eat. But on those one or two days that I was off, or, you know, we corresponded, like, you know, if there was a day that, you know, I felt compelled to act like I could cook. Um, one of the things that I learned to do was cook little small things. And this actually was uh, from Rachel Ray. Actually, I'm a big devotee and I was, a, you know, I, I was crushing on Rachel Ray um, because she made the 30 minute meals and she made along with her and Bobby Flay from time to time. Um, there would be various hosts, whether it be on Food Network or other um, platforms, who would make uh, fairly simple meals. Um, for me, once again, amateur cook, you know, yeah, I can get outside and play it on the grill. But, yeah, you know, like in the kitchen, like, you know, playing with things like baking or, you know, like pie tins or whatever, you know, other than meats, um, learning how to cook. Has always been a thing for me because my parents, they taught me how to do basic things, how, as you said, to boil water. But um, I was learning more and more how to cook. And they were from uh, some of the recipes that were on Food Network. Um, That being said, that has become less and less because, as you said, some of the things on Food Network are so involved with the chicanery of gaming, or as I'm um, sorry, um, reality programs like competitions, uh, whether it be good or bad. Um, but yeah, for simple people like me who are trying to learn how to cook, you know, there are, as I'm sure she will illustrate, the goober, that you know, there are now places where you almost have to go like YouTube or um, sometimes the cooking channel, sometimes. Just on Google, you'll find something, a recipe that, you know, stupid people like me can cook with. But, yeah, where it used to be the Food Network, now you have to find other places to get this stuff because they're so concerned about, you know, having their mimosas and, you know, competing against each other that I'm people like me are left out. So, that's just me. Well, hopefully... They will, I mean, I've I've seen where they try to bring on more people who can actually cook and do more cooking shows, like real technique shows, because I think it's important. I think it's a skill now that a lot of schools don't teach home economics that people miss out on just the basics of how to be able to prepare food. And it's so important because obviously we want to make sure that as you know, more people turn to cooking from home and not doing fast food. I think that's why, you know, things like home, like the, the hello chef and some of those things are so popular now, you know, those cooking things that you can get delivered to your house Okay, is because most people are hungry just to know how to cook and be able to make good food and nourishing food um, by themselves. So I get it. I, I totally understand. Um, Food Network's um, dilemma as far as where they are right now in their programming. 
And hopefully they can discover a happy medium between that and the Kwanzaa cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. That said, I probably will not be making your making their um, butternut squash. Nope. Brussels Hold sprout. Um, apple pico de gallo nachos anytime soon. <laughs> Monstrosity. Um, you know, one thing that I would make, though, is... Um, Patty LaBelle's food. Because if you have not tried Miss Patty's co- cooking, you are missing something. Oh, like going to get some soup potato pie? Okay. <laughs> yes. Or like, you know, she actually had like, didn't she have a couple cookbooks? Yeah. In fact, I think we have one. I think your mother um, left me a cookbook. Mm. I think she has a Patty LaBelle cookbook. I, I collect cookbooks, as you can imagine. They're on my shelf. But... The reason why we're mentioning Patty LaBelle is the last thing we wanted to talk about is my new obsession with the mass singer, which is hilarious because everyone who knows me knows I cannot stand reality shows, most of them, especially competition shows. Cause I'm one of those people that I like Jeopardy because Jeopardy, they ask you the question, you have thirty seconds to give the answer. Well, final Jeopardy, like you really only have like four seconds to really spit that out. No, when you buzz in, they don't give you a lot of time. So you can't sit there and talk about, well, my aunts, uncles, nephews, cousins, nieces like the color purple. Oh, like who wants to be a millionaire? Yes, I can't stand that. I'm just like, just give the damn answer. (laughs) ADD, I get get it. it. But the Masked Singer, if you've not seen it, it's based on this really weird show. I think, I want to say it's from Korea. Or it's it's a it's a show that was in another country and they brought it here. So basically, if you're like one of the few people who haven't seen it yet, like me, there's these people, and some of them are professional singers, some of them are actors, some of them are different types of celebrities. They come dressed in these crazy outfits, right? These really insane outfits, and then there's four judges. Um, it's Jenny McCarthy, Nicole Shirt. Scheringer? I can't. Scheringer. Scheringer. I can never pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Ken Jung, and then, oh boy, who? Paula, um, Blurred Line singer. Oh, Robin Thicke. Yes, Robin Thicke. They all try to guess and see who these singers are. First of all, I'm not in it for the guest hosts because they're insane. And Nicole Scheringer, she just comes up with the most ridiculous things possible. She thought one person was Meghan Markle. I'm like, really? Yes. She really came from England to come and sing for you. Hey, the Duchess is multifaceted. <laughs> but that said, I have just been slowly riveted because I'm obsessed with the flower because I think it's Patty LaBelle. Pad Patty. And I woke the daddy up a couple of days ago. You're <laughs> in a dead sleep. And I'm like, I need you to hear this and see if it's Patty LaBelle. <laughs> I'm dead asleep. Next thing I hear, Jennifer's like, wake up, wake up. I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, something's wrong in the house. No. I'm thinking this flower is Patty LaBelle. Okay. <laughs> You're like, yes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to hear it. It's Patty LaBelle. And she sang and Big Daddy was just like, whatever. And then she hit an octave and he's like, yeah, it's Patty. <laughs> Yeah, there are very few people whose voices are so distinctive <laughs> that you listen to them, and even if they try to mask their voice, 
there are just certain ways or just certain verses that they drop that you're like, yeah, that's Pay LaBelle, or oh, yeah, that's Aretha Franklin, or yeah, that's Gladys Knight. Yeah, like last season, Gladys Knight was on, and I totally guessed it was Gladys Knight because I grew up listening to her. And I watched it off and on last season. This season, I've watched it more. And I have been right about a lot of the people. So, like, Paul Schaefer, because, again, being from Indianapolis and going to Ball State and growing up listening and watching David Letterman, I know Paul, I've heard him sing before. Okay. So, as soon as Paul Schaefer sang, he was just in mass as a skeleton. I was like, oh, that's Paul Schaefer. And, like, last year when Ricky Relake was unmasked because I grew up listening to her and like cry baby and hairspray. I'm like, Oh, that's Ricky. I know Hmm. that. Okay. So this year there's like, they've unmasked some people. And so far it's been like Johnny Weir. I think he was like the guy with dressed like an egg. They just Hmm. unmasked. Sorry, y'all, if you haven't seen it yet. I'm just spoiler. Gonna, spoiler I'm just spoiling for everybody. Spoiler alert. Don't listen to the next. On the internet, okay? <laughs> for the next five seconds, don't you, hear this. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. But, like, one of them was Shiny Rear. One of them was, like, this YouTube guy named Ninja. One of them was this. It was Dr. Drew. He was the guy dressed like the eagle. That was your spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But no, I'm obsessed with like two characters left on this show. And one of them I'm convinced is Patty because look, she left a lot of clues. Okay. First of all, anyone who knows Patty LaBelle's voice, and that's why I was wondering if you're like a famous singer, like a legend, why would you be on the show? Because like everyone knows your voice. You can't mm. like fake Patty's octaves, right? Right. Um, so this must be for like millennials who don't know her voice, but like as old hats people, we know. Plus she's talked about cooking and she's, you know, she has like her cooking empire. She talked about empire and she's been on the show. She gave, cause what they do is they give like video clips and there's hints and who they are based on what they said in the video clip. There's like a degree from Temple University and she got an honorary degree from Temple. And she's from Philly, and on the table when she was doing one of her hints, there was a Philly cheese sandwich. It's her. Hmm. Yeah. Wait a minute. Did, did she have like on the set? Did she have a prune cobbler? And did she call? Him... <laughs> I always wanted Patty Labelle to just come by my house and they just call you chipmunk. Just call me chipmunk. <laughs> I need, I need, I need a chipmunk reference. Just no, to make she feel did me. not. If Patty Labelle came to my house and called me chipmunk, my day would be made. No, no, no. Oh, and serve me a a nice dinner. That'd be really good. And sing to me. She even said something about, like, how do we know what makes you the flower? And she said, I'm beautiful and I smell nice. And Patty LaBelle has her own perfume line. And she does. She is beautiful. And she walks like Patty LaBelle. If you've ever seen Patty LaBelle walk, you know it's her. So I'm I'm, I'm convinced that the flower is Patty LaBelle on the Mass Singer. And the thingamajig? Is Victor Oladipo the placers? The thingamajig is Victor Oladipo. Yes, hmm. because he gave a lot of hints. His suit—if you look at his suit—his suit has all the colors of the teams that he played on. He has a multicolor suit. I thought he was from like Orlando. I thought he went with Orlando. He went with Orlando's, Indiana. and then with the Thunder, and then with the Pacers, and all three of those colors are represented in his suit. And he said last week that the darkest moment of his life is when he went to rehab, and he's rehabbing right now. So he's not Lamar Odom. 
No, it's not Lamar Odom. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. And Victor Oladipo can sing because he's actually sung before, and the Indianapolis media has covered it back home. Lamar Odom can sing. It's Victor Oladipo. He's the thing of a jig. Hey, Lamar Odom had to sing a lot before he met Chloe. We all know. <laughs> but yeah, I see. And I see he did a point. reference to the magic, and then and then he said not to run with the Bulls. See. He's a basketball player. It is Victor Oladipo. I will bet you on the air right now one dollar that it's Pat LaBelle and Victor Oladipo. Okay, I don't endorse gambling, but yes, I, <laughs> I'm dropping the dollar down on this just to be ironic. One, I also like it because I'm not a person who follows this show. I, I I was thinking like when she was saying this that I was I wanted to have like you know other type of singers who whose career may be good but not great or you know, may have been like high at one point, you know, come through, you know, maybe just like even as you say, like, you know, the Payla Bells, like the stars who you don't quite remember their voices. Like, I would really like to see if Diana Ross, if no, Mr. Ross, Diana the boss, Ross would never be on the that show. would be really cool to have Diana Ross like show like, you know, just randomly like put on one of those masks. Oh, that would be hilarious. But you would never see Diana Ross. OK, give me Trace Ellis. I don't know if she can sing. I'm, we don't know that. She might surprise everybody. You know what, though? That does give me a good question, though. Because oh, wait, wait, wait. Can, can, I, can I put my Jermaine Jackson theory out there, too? <laughs> you just want to see Jermaine Jackson on the show. I want to see Jermaine Jackson have a come up. <laughs> can a brother, you know, I know they got to get some around that, ha- that hair. You know, there might be some oil that might be coming out, you know, coming out of the, the mask. But, yeah, I'm trying to get Jermaine Jackson a gig. You just want to see Jermaine Jackson on TV again after the wife swap. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to help if you brother. guys have not seen it, just Google Jermaine Jackson Wife Saw It and Get Your Life. That okay. whole episode is like hilarious. <laughs> Alexander O'Neill too. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. But, but anyway. seriously, if you're like a legendary singer though, wouldn't be on the show, even if you weren't a mouse, would be a giveaway? Because like no one can fake Patty Lavelle's voice. Yeah, but like you said, you were able to figure out Patty just like you were able to figure out Glass Night. Why not put someone out there whose voice you haven't heard in the last few years? Well, what I'm trying to say is, though, I if I were them, I would go after someone like that as opposed to people like, okay, if Smokey Robinson was one of the people, you would know Smokey's voice. We know Smokey's voice. Yeah. But then, of course, we could if also it was say, like, well, yeah. if it was like Lionel Richie, we know Lionel's voice. Hello? Isn't me? It's outrageous. Okay. You baby. can't think that. So I'm just saying, why go after someone who's like such a legend? I would go after someone like Robin Thicke. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> or Maxwell, or so, something that not everyone would be able to recognize. Because Patty, Patty's just too obvious. Eric Benet. Hmm. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, did, did they do... Was Donny Osmond one of them? Yeah, he okay. was last season. There you go. Okay. And you know what? I knew it was Donny Osmond right away, too. I've never heard Donny Osmond sing, so that's... <laughs> just guessing. But Paul Schaefer, even. I was just like, oh, that's Paul Schaefer. Because <laughs> I know his voice. Like, mm. you they they mask the talking voice, but not the singing voice. So if you've ever heard them sing, like, 
Miss Patty has been in my life. I've been listening to her since I was a child, so I knew that voice immediately. Weren't you at one point trying to get, like, you were guessing, like, Brett Michaels on one? No. Or was that somebody else? No, it was someone else. Okay. I think it was Warren Brady. <laughs> Before I figured out it was Victor Oladipo when I heard him sing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> so, first of all, if you haven't seen The Mass Singer, I'm really sorry I ruined it for you this season. But... You heard it from me first. It's Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is the flower. So we'll reconnect whenever Patty LaBelle is going to, because I'm convinced she's going to win. <laughs> we will all know that it's Patty. If Patty LaBelle does not win, if it is Patty LaBelle, then I, she will definitely tear down that set. <laughs> Just as long as she calls me Chipmunk. <laughs> All right, so let's take a break now that we've talked and we've ruined the show for probably a lot of people who haven't seen it yet for this season. And when we come back, we will end the show as we always do with the best thing we eat this week. You're listening to The Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm JT Outlaw, veteran here The Gourmet Goober. Let me ask you something. Do you love conversations about hood snacks? deep philosophical discussions and why, I don't know, corn dogs should be called meat twinkies? Or why Love & Hip Hop Atlanta has the right level of ratchet? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might be a goober, which is why you should be a part of our bi-weekly podcast where we tackle life's most important foodie and pop culture questions like why community fries should be a thing. <laughs> and if you love the Gourmet Goober podcast, how about supporting us? You can give us a five-star review on Stitcher and iTunes. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can advertise with us, or you can visit anchor.fm backslash gourmetgoober, click the support this podcast button, and put just five on it to help support independent media. So if you're a goober like me, no worries. Just join us here at The Gourmet Goober, be a part of our bi-weekly podcast, and support us now at anchor.fm backslash Courtney Goober. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Hey, everyone. We are back with JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and you're listening to the Courtney Goober. And the dog is, sorry, not the dog, the cat. <laughs> yeah, the bodega cat over here is snoring right now. Yes, he is still chilling out with his human. You're just going to have to accept that. That is your new role. You are the new bear boo. <laughs> no, I refuse to wear a collar. <laughs> well, anyway, we are closing out our show like we do every um, episode of the Gourmet Goober, talking about the best thing we ate this week. That's when we share the recipes, the restaurants, the places that we've gone and tried something spectacular. And then we tell you all about it so you can try it too. So, Big Daddy, where is the best place you ate this week? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to disappoint a whole lot of people this uh, this time around uh, because I was on vacation and, frankly, I didn't go anywhere, like, uh, great. As a matter of fact, the place that I got the best thing I ate this week was extremely just around the corner joint. It's... I admit, I went to Arby's, and I partook of Meat-tober, um and one of their beer, cheese, beef, 
whatever uh, sandwiches. But I gotta admit, the best thing I ate this week was a beer braised beef sandwich um, from Arby's. It had, it was quite fatty. Had some fat, had a lot of sodium, decent amount of carbs. Uh, probably should not have eaten more than one. <laughs> How many did you eat? I'm just gonna say I should not have eaten more than one. <laughs> uh, I, I might have partaken of one of beer cheese uh, <laughs> double. I'm sorry, a beer cheese triple stack, and or the first one I had was the uh, beef braised uh, sandwich. Oh my gosh, how are you alive? By a prayer. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, I gotta admit, if you take, if you get one of those bad boys and you get one fresh and then you slap on your own good barbecue sauce, mm-mm, good. Yeah, I gotta so admit. wait, so you went and then you put your own barbecue sauce on it? Yes. Wow. I do that a lot with Arby sandwiches. <laughs> I admit, I can't remember the last time I had an Arby sandwich. John Stewart would let will admire you. <laughs> but that's fascinating that you thought it, it you thought it was really good then. So you would recommend it to other people. Well, for those who have low sodium, low fat, um, low sugar diets, probably not. But it's just one of those things where, you know, it, it was a guilty pleasure stop through late night just need something to eat and put in my stomach and i did and i actually enjoyed it it was quite different for me oh wow well that is fascinating i would not have guessed that arby's made the best thing you ate this week that's right because they have the meats Um, well, the best thing I had this week is actually something that we had last night. Um, so last night, I mean, this weekend was Sweetest Day. And Sweetest Day, if you're not familiar, because if you're like me, I didn't even hear Sweetest Day until I met Big Daddy. But it's a holiday that usually, I think it's on the third Saturday of every month. Or, yeah, uh, or right. third Saturday of every October, brother. Correct. And so what it is, it's a day to share romantic deeds or expressions and act of charity and kindness. Um, it's a holiday that, according to Wikipedia, is celebrated in the Midwestern United States and part of the Northeastern um, United States. So, so basically people down south are like... <laughs> We ain't sweet. Screw y'all. We, we salty. <laughs> well, apparently, according to according to Wikipedia, it's also celebrated in part northern part of Florida. Okay, yeah. So Florida. I'm a little nice. uncomfortable knowing that we share a holiday that's celebrated in Florida because Florida is nuts. Mm-hmm. And I used to live in Florida, and I have good friends that live in Florida, but Florida is nuts. <laughs> but that said. Um, we usually try to do something really special on Sweetest Day. And so last night, we had a chance to go to a restaurant called Cafe Fondue. Um, it's a fondue restaurant, as you can imagine, in Northwest Indiana. And apparently, they've been there for 24 years. Mm. Um, we met the owner last night. Her name is Jay. She was amazing. Everyone in there was amazing. And... It was really great. I mean, they had a special deal where um, I think it was like for $30 per person, you can get like a three course meal and it includes a salad and included um, 
your choice of proteins and vegetables as far as the fondue. I chose what was known as the Americana, which came with beef tenderloin, chicken breast, and then um, jumbo shrimp. And I think you got the combo that included tenderloin and chicken breast, right? Correct. And then you wrapped up where you got your own dessert. And so in our case, we chose the chocolate um, fondue. And they came like with assortment for everything from like graham crackers and strawberries and um, pound cake and bananas. But it was just really, really great. The service was amazing. Um, They gave you just enough. Um, they gave you a variety of different sauces, which is including ranch. Woohoo! Because everyone knows I'm obsessed with ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. But it also had like this orange ginger sauce, this teriyaki sauce, barbecue, Dijon mustard. And then do you remember what the last one was? It was a ketchup? No, it was barbecue sauce. Was it? I know it was some crap. I know it was ginger sauce, barbecue sauce. Um, teriyaki. Teriyaki. There was one that was like. Ranch. Ranch, garlic. Oh, it was a cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Yes, yes, yes. But no, it was really... It was... Oh, and the garlic butter. Yes. That's right, the garlic butter. I love garlic butter. (laughs) But it was... It wasn't too filling. Um, It was just a right amount of stuff. Um, If you've never made fondue, I, I highly recommend it. Um, be sure that you do it in a place that's safe to do it. Um, obviously, we have a fondue pot at home that we can use for chocolate fondue, but you know this one had the full dining experience as well. And it was just really a great time. It was just really, really delicious, and I couldn't recommend um, the experience more. So, yeah, it was it was a great entertaining experience. Remember when we kept losing like a. <laughs> vegetables and proteins in the uh, pot we kept dropping in the pot so finally we we're just like fuck it it was up and we were like stabbing it trying to, <laughs> trying to like rescue it. from the oil <laughs> and the guy's like all right you guys are really into this <laughs> y'all are standing up and everything and we're just like yeah we're not letting it go <laughs> mm-hmm. um but no everything was just delicious and i could not recommend it enough so if you are happen to be in Maryville, because I know that there are fondue restaurants in Chicagoland, but the Chicago restaurants, I mean, I've I've done comparative pricing before because I wanted us to do fondue a while ago in Chicago. So the price in Northwest Indiana is um, really affordable by comparison. I mean, for $30 per person to get like a three-course fondue meal, that's not bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, it came out at a pretty decent price. Didn't like, I mean, it was dented, but it didn't like break the wall. And right as compared to like some of the Chicago prices, and I'm sure some of the prices across the country, it was very well, uh, it was good and economical. Yeah, but mostly it was delicious. And with fondue, you kind of control the, you know, what you make and what you cook. And helpfully, they gave you like the cooking times and everything. Um, and what they gave us, it was really great um, as far as the veggies. And yeah, I, I just can't complain. It was really, really an amazing experience. And I thank you, Big Daddy, for letting me do that. But yeah, highly recommend that place. It's it's just a wonderful place to be. And it's just over the border 
from Chicago, so it's a short drive, so you can enjoy that um, only minutes away from your house, which is really great. And I cool. think I said great like five times, but it's really delicious. It was tremendous. It was out, like Lionel <laughs> Richie said, it's outrageous. <laughs> no, it was amazing. So thank you to Jay and everyone at the Cafe Fondue. And as always, I will put the information in the show notes. So if you want to try the restaurant for yourself, you certainly can. <laughs> so we are wrapping things up here at the Gourmet Goober podcast. We want to thank everyone for listening. Big Daddy, where can they find you online? Uh, once again, you can find me on the Twitter at T Outlaw and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. All right, fantastic. And of course, you can find me at JJ Outlaw. Um, you can also find me on. Did you can I just find say you Twitter? On, well, I think you were on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. Yeah, Twitter at JJ Outlaw is very much just had a brain fart. And then. You can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. Um, drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com if you have any questions. And from all of us at The Gourmet Goober, thanks for listening. We will be back in touch next week. Or, no, not next week. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. You're going to see us at some point in the near future, <laughs> Celeste. Please tune in. Yes. And until next time, happy eating, okay? Outrageous. <laughs>